Tuesday, November 13th. Hope you're having a lovely day. Uh, there's a lot going on out there. A lot going on out there. Definitely press the share button. Uh, let's get this out to as many people as possible. Unfortunately, uh, YouTube doesn't always like to do that, as you can see with the uh, five people watching. Always interesting. Sometimes you start the live stream and it goes up to like 75 to 100 people within like a minute. And sometimes you start and it's six or seven people. Isn't that interesting? So who knows? But um, there's a lot going on from climate change uh, protests to uh, the uh, unfolding, the unfolding uh, Georgia governor's uh, theft, or shall I say election, uh, that's going on. We also have uh, Amazon receiving, uh, I don't even know if you could call it corporate welfare. I would call it corporate, corporate, I don't know what you would call it. It's just not right. Amazon getting uh, all sorts of corporate welfare. And there's also an update as far as Bears Ears, which we haven't covered here in a while. Bears Ears National Monument in Utah, a Native American monument that the Trump administration is basically trying to shrink so that they could drill for oil and mine uranium. Shocker. So uh, quite a lot to show you. Uh, I hope everyone's having a good day. As a reminder, uh, this is a super, super duper chat. So if you're feeling super, let me know. Oh, we got the buffering already. Let me let me take some things off. Hold on. Uh, I don't know why it keeps buffering. It's friggin' internet. Hold on one second. Do do do. What will be will be. All right. I'm gonna take those off. Take those off. Take these off. All right. Hopefully that's better. So. Um, before I start, I want to remind you, this is a super chat and we are pushing, pushing our GoFundMe. We just passed, we just passed on our GoFundMe, 20,000 large ones, 20,000. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard. You know, we've had this up for two months. It's hard to keep this urgency going. Uh, it would be great if we could be done with it and reach our goal, which is $50,000. Uh, so I do not want to beg, uh, for the rest of my life, but I'm not beyond begging in trying to launch the media revolution. So it's amazing. We've had 305 people contribute a total of $20,030. Uh, we need to keep raising money. Jen, she might not know this, but Jen is going to be doing a video, uh, which she might not like, but she's going to do a video to tell you in specifics the things that we're trying to raise money for, particularly on the advertising and marketing side. Uh, because of the social, social and digital media suppression, which has been throttling this channel and other independent media channels, we need to kind of take side doors to get this content out. So uh, definitely, definitely need resources for that. We need resources for in-the-field reporting, additional equipment, all those things. We had a bunch of people yesterday uh, get us to 20000 uh, 5 bucks, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 50 bucks. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep it coming. Uh, Jen will put in the live stream the GoFundMe link. And if you so choose, you could always contribute via Super Chat. Via Super Chat. Uh, we, this is a Super Chat. So let's read some comments. Hello, Jen, Jordan, and Sam. Boofry, boofry, OG. You've, you've contributed. Thank you. Cheryl, hey, Jordan, you got a haircut. I didn't get a haircut. This is just my Jufro. I just got out of the shower. So this is my Jufro uh, for you. Oh, and Ty, of course. Yes, Ty is working on a documentary. Colin Tooley, holy crap. First time I've ever gotten a Facebook notification you were live. 
Oh, maybe it's because we're on Status Coup's Facebook. They're definitely suppressing my personal Facebook. But we're on Status Coup's Facebook. And by the way, if you aren't, if you don't like Status Coup on Facebook, like, I don't like you then. How about that? So go to status, facebook.com slash status coup and go like that. Uh, also, if you haven't followed status, status coup on Twitter, I don't want to follow you. How about that? Go follow status coup. Because now, starting today, we're not going live on my Twitter and we're not going live on my Facebook. We're going live on all those. Quentin, you're Jewish. I didn't know. L'chaim. L'chaim. There you go. So, uh, without further ado, I mean, where do you, I I didn't know where to start today. Do you start with Nancy Pelosi and her tone deaf nonsense? Do you start with Amazon being just this symbol of this United States of corporations, United Corporations of America? Oh, by the way, you see my status coup shirt? That could be had. $100 on the GoFundMe get you a status coup shirt. Just keeping it real. $100 get you a status coup shirt or, or. A status quo hat. 127 gets you both. I digress. But we've got to start. We've got to start with. Honestly, we got to make sure Nancy Pelosi is an elected speaker uh, for the Democrats. And I know I'll be I'll be uh, attacked. I'll be attacked as sexist. But this does not have anything to do with her with her. Uh, gender. This morning, there was a big protest outside of Speaker Pelosi, uh, excuse me, currently uh, Minority Leader Pelosi's office. And that protest was 100 activists, I think the Justice Democrats and another group set it up. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez came down to the office. I think she was like standing up with with the activists uh, to basically say to Nancy Pelosi, we need urgent, urgent action on climate change. We need urgent action on climate change. Not this, what what Pelosi has said, we, you know, we're gonna create a select committee, a select committee on climate change. The planet is burning and Nancy Pelosi wants to create a select committee on climate change. So let me read to you uh, a little bit more about the protest uh, this morning, which was right outside Pelosi's office. I love that Ocasio-Cortez showed up. I hope she sticks with this because there's no reason as a congresswoman she should be stopping her activism. She was elected because of her organizing and activism in addition to her policies. So she needs to stick with activists and organizing. So good sign so far for Ocasio-Cortez. Protesters joined by Representative-elect Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez took over Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi's office Tuesday and staged a sit-in, calling for her to commit to urgent action on climate change. The group of more than 100 people was organized by the environmental group Sunrise and the Justice Democrats. The protesters, including Ocasio-Cortez, are calling on Pelosi to create and give real power to a new select committee on climate change. The proposed committee, called the Select Committee for a Green New Deal, would be similar to one Pelosi established as House Speaker in 2007, but with more authority. Between March 2007 and December 2010, the Select Committee on Energy Independence and Global Warming held 80 hearings and briefings exploring American energy resources, clean technologies, climate change, and the risks associated with it. Then, Representative Ed Markey uh, of Massachusetts led the panel, which didn't have the power to write legislation. 
Pelosi pushed a climate agenda during her time as House Speaker, including a cap-and-trade bill in 2009 aimed at reducing emissions. Ocasio-Cortez is among incoming Democratic members who have not stated a position on whether they will support Pelosi as Speaker in Congress. Pelosi responded to the protests with a statement in support of the activists and said their energy is, quote, leading the way on the climate crisis. Quote, I have recommended to my House Democratic colleagues that we reinstate the select committee to address the climate crisis. All right. Well, I'm always going to keep it real. Big fan of big fan of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Big fan. Um, But not a big fan of calling for a committee. Um, It sounds nice. It sounds nice. It's a, a green deal, a green new deal committee. That sounds wonderful. But we don't need a committee. We don't need to study climate change. We don't need to, um, you know, sit here and bring in academics and experts. No. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the protesters and the organizers with her, the other progressives in the House, they need to call for an immediate ban on fracking in the United States of America. They need to call for an immediate Billion, hundreds of billions you're going to need to go to every single landmine, landfill, and nuclear waste site and remove toxic nuclear waste that has not been properly sealed, which is a big, big cause of climate change. They need to call for an immediate, immediate hundreds of billions of dollars from the government to invest in renewable energy, wind, solar, and other innovative technologies. And those job programs can be invested from the government. Jill Stein talked about this, meaning 100% shift to renewable energy now, not tomorrow. Fracking ban comes first, followed by that. We also need to tackle big agriculture, big, big agro business and animal, uh, the animal uh, industry, which I haven't covered much, but meat. And, and the way these, these animal farms are contributing to climate change significantly. We don't need a committee. Sorry. I love the protesters out there. I'm a big fan of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But the, the jury's out. There's enough science out there. Just look, look around. Look at the storms. Look at the wildfires. Look at the drought. Look at the famine. You don't need a committee. This is theatrics, a committee. And, you know, Nancy Pelosi, if you look at her donor sheet, she's taking a hell of a lot of money from big oil. And by the way, this isn't covered. This isn't covered quite a bit, quite a bit. Bufry, AOC, she wants to build on an existing committee. The committee will draft legislation to combat climate change. That's fine. I'm not saying we can't have a committee. My point is... The things that a committee would tell you, we already know. Ocasio-Cortez and other progressives need to immediately call for a nationwide ban on fracking and new natural gas pipelines. You might say, well, that's not, reale- that's not realistic, Jordan, and blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. We are electing people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We are electing capital P progressives to make what they say, what the establishment says is radical and not realistic, mainstream so it isn't radical you don't get change until you force it 
and you sway public opinion and you apply pressure on the Paul Ryans and the Mitch McConnells and the Nancy Pelosi's. So you could have a committee, that's fine, but we need specific demands. And it starts with fracking. It starts with these nuclear waste sites and landmine and landfills that are, there's toxic uranium, there's toxic uh, black coal, there's toxic things from the Manhattan Project days all over this country and it barely, nobody even knows about it. And, and there's another element here. It's not just, so you might look at Nancy Pelosi's donor sheet. OpenSecrets.com, by the way, is a great, is it .com or .org? OpenSecrets is a great uh, blog. And press the share button. Let's get this out to as many people as possible. You might look at it and say, oh, well, I don't see like specifically ExxonMobil. I don't see specifically Energy Transfer Partners. I don't see specifically Phillips 66. I don't see specifically big donations for the oil industry. She has. The banks, a lot of these Democrats don't go after the oil companies because the banks and the Wall Street investors that the Democratic Party sucks on their teeth for support, they're heavily invested in these oil companies. They're very heavily invested in these pipelines. They're heavily invested in fracking. So it's not always direct. Oh, look, they take a lot of money from big oil. Sometimes they don't take a lot of money from big oil, but they know that their donors at JP Morgan don't want them touching natural gas pipelines and fracking. They know their big donors from Bank of America feel the same way. And uh, uh, fill, fill in the blank, all of these banks, Wells Fargo. But bottom line, you know, the report that recently came out, the report that recently came out basically said, the United Nations report basically said, like, you got 12 years before the damage is so bad that it's irreversible. And I think that's being generous because I think a lot of the damage from climate change is already irreversible. I mean, tell me in the live chat where you live and how hot it is over the summer. By the way, it's been hot here during the fall in New York and other places around the country. So you have extreme storms. You have extreme wildfires. You have extreme drought. I mean, a committee doesn't, we don't need a committee to tell us what we already know. We don't need a committee to tell us what we already know. Todd Hendricks says, I love you on Facebook. Status Coup's Facebook. Thank you, Todd. Frank, if you talk more about rigged elections and especially rigged voting machines, I'd contribute more. What the hell are you talking about, Frank? Did you see my interview with Tim Canova yesterday? What was that? I have covered election fraud quite a bit, quite a bit. So, uh, saying hi to my Facebook peeps. I, I, I got to say, I, I, I'm not saying Ocasio-Cortez is wrong and a committee wouldn't work. Sure, you have to legislate and all these things. But a committee is something that takes time. You know, you bring in experts, you do research, yada, yada, yada. We don't have the time for that. There are communities in America that have toxic, toxic contaminants going out all over into the air, into the water. You have new, new power plants being created all over this country. You have new nuclear plants being created all over this country. Not to mention Trump repealing most of Obama's, uh, Obama's uh, regulations were a step in the right direction, but not enough. And Trump has repealed them. So I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't. I think a, a committee is great. 
We have three, you need to have three or four specific demands as the progressives in the House, the progressives in the Senate, and galvanize support. You have the support. The environmental movement is one of the biggest protest movements in the United States of America, if not the biggest. It, there's a huge cross-section, progressives, centrists, even some Republicans. So, committee? No. And outside of the committee, I want to show you, you know, Nancy Pelosi, uh, apparently Nancy Pelosi thinks uh, the, the Democrats retaking the House is a message uh, that, hey, House Democrats, thank you for saving America. This is the letter that Nancy Pelosi sent to uh, fellow Democrats in the House. Dear Democratic colleague, thank you, House Democrats, for saving America. That's the message I hear from across the country, and I convey that thanks to you. Oh, Jesus. As we travel to Washington for this lame duck period, House Democrats are anything but lame ducks. We are flying high and taking pride in the greatest Democratic victory in the House since 1974. This is because of our excellent candidates, discipline of message, owning the ground, and the amazing leadership of Chairman Ben Ray Lujan. We have great opportunity and therefore great responsibility to get results for the American people. In the next few weeks, we need to be unified, find common ground with Republicans. Oh my God, common ground with extremists, fascists in our legislative engagements, but stand our ground when we must. I, I, want, I want to be clear here. When she says, when she says, uh, that's the message I hear from across the country, uh, Nancy Pelosi, in the, in the lead up to the midterm elections, I think did like between 150 and 200 private behind closed doors fundraisers. Is that who she's hearing it from? Big dollar donors, the same big dollar donors who, dare I say, are invested in fracking, are invested in pipeline companies, are invested in um, everything from landfills to nuclear plants. I mean, it's so delusional. It is so delusional what she's saying. The, de the Democratic Party, I'm not minimizing it. It's, you know, I think it's better that the Democrats retook the House. I don't think, as, as her as Speaker, I don't think we're going to get anything progressive. I think we need Barbara Lee, personally. I'm for Barbara Lee as Speaker. She's been progressive for a long time. She was the one person who voted against the unconstitutional, uh, you, what was it, the... Uh, the, the vote that basically let George Bush um, authorization of force uh, that basically let George Bush and Obama and the rest go around Congress to declare war. Congress is supposed to declare war. She, she's a progressive, and I think she would be a breath of fresh air as the Speaker of the House. AUMF. Thank you, Zachary. I had a brain fart. As a reminder, folks, this is a super chat. Don't, don't let me sit here and just be, what's, what's less than super? Average. I don't want to be average, so show me the love and show status quo the love. So Nancy Pelosi, her her message from her donors, because she hasn't been going around the country to like on the ground with the people, been going around the country in um, fund at fundraisers with lobbyists, in fundraisers with real estate developers, in fundraisers with big bankers, fundraisers with fracking and oil executives. That's who she's talking about. But. Everything I've seen is Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House talking about committees, 
talking about, oh, we're going to try to find common ground, blah, 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 blah. I don't think Nancy Pelosi understands the crisis most of you are in. I don't think Nancy Pelosi understands the, like, blaring red light crisis that the United States of America is in. I don't think Nancy Pelosi understands that the way to defeat Trump is not to get his taxes, is not to, you know, be the investigators on top of what Mueller's doing. It's to prove he's a phony populist and to persuade the American people that the Democratic Party could give you more. I have a, I have, there's a New York, a ridiculous New York Times article out that I'm going to go after it later. We don't, no, no, no. The country is progressive, not moderate, not centrist, not right wing. The country is progressive. If you produce progressive ideas, Medicare for all, 70% approval rating, uh, 52% among Republicans, 70% among everyone. Free public college, uh, very strong in the polling. Ending private prisons, growing in popularity. Banning fracking, growing in popularity. I mean, it's not rocket science. And by the way, the Democrats retook the House. Uh, Bernie pointed out, you think moderate and right-wing Democrats like Nancy Pelosi were responsible for the 40 to 50% uptick in voter turnout? No. No, 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 no. So, listen, I think it's great that there was a protest outside her office. Uh... I'm not against the committee, but a committee, you know, when your house is burning in front of you, do you ask four people to come stand on the side to talk about it and think about how to put the fire out? No, you get a fucking fire hose. You call the fire department. So Nelson said it right. Best of luck to all of us. Danny, thanks for getting us started on the super chat. Five dollars for status coup. Five dollars less that King Bezos can get from me. Oh, Danny, thank you so much because I'm about to go fucking ballistic. And and give me super chat money, please, because every time I curse, we get demonetized. So I make money from you, not FewTube. I'm not calling it YouTube anymore. This is FewTube because YouTube is throttling, throttling the hell out of this channel. Jen doesn't want me to talk about it, so I won't. But YouTube is corporate censorship. And it is for the few, not us. The more our subscribers grow, the, the lower the views go. Makes sense, right? Unbelievable. So, go Jordan, talk. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, literally, literally, this channel has grown, we're about to hit 22,000 subscribers in just eight months, Okay. I'd say the majority of the people never get notifications when I'm live. Ty, our cameraman, he doesn't get notifications when I'm live. That's why he calls me 15 times when I'm live, because he doesn't know I'm live. We are doing original reporting in Flint. Nobody sees it. We just broke a major story that right now there's some developments with that story that I can't tell you about yet, but there's, there's things moving in the background that proves Michigan, Michigan literally has cooked the data to claim Flint's lead levels are now safe and you could drink the water. They cooked the data. We broke that, Jen and I. Nobody saw our reporting in Flint because nobody knows when we're live. So it ain't sour grapes. It's not just hurting me. It doesn't just hurt status quo. It hurts people. Public information and transparency is power. That's how things get done. That's how change comes. So shame on YouTube. Watch the buffering start. Because there's definitely, there is definitely a switch. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do believe there is a switch. And somebody is in a little room all day listening to music, pulling that switch 
on speech topics they don't like. Not a coincidence that I just had Tim Canova on yesterday, and right before he called in, there was no problem with this live stream. Then suddenly he calls in, buffering, 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 buffering. That's why we're creating status coup. $100 on the GoFundMe gets you a shirt or a hat. Sam says it. The algorithm knows all. Maybe that's what I should do to hide myself from YouTube suppression. Just cover my face during the live streams. All right. And as a reminder, Super Chat's going. Uh, Appreciate the GoFundMe contributions. Another five bucks. Denise, buffer, buffer, buffer. Jen, can we make a shirt? Can we make a shirt uh, attacking YouTube or would that not be a good idea? Is Jen even here? I don't know. I'd, I'd like to do that. Johnny, I love how professional this is. I'm sorry, Johnny. If you're looking for someone professional, I guess go watch 60 Minutes or something. All right. So, Amazon. You know, I believe, I believe, part of the great thing about uh, becoming rich, uh, part of the great thing about becoming rich is you can pay for a lot of stuff, right? But in America, the thing about being rich People get rich, not everyone, but the majority of really, really rich people that try to influence policy and influence the government are really, really super greedy and cheap. So Jeff Bezos, who makes $266 million a day, makes $64,000 every 10 seconds. So somebody calculate how much money he's making while I do this video. Uh, Under extreme pressure... From one Bernard Sanders, he raised the minimum wage of Amazon workers to $15 an hour. That was a good thing, and I gave him credit for that. Wonderful. The working conditions are still terrible, which we actually want to go in the field to cover that and speak with people from Amazon. So hit, you know, GoFundMe. That's what it's for, baby. The more money we get in that GoFundMe, the more we get get out into America. And we might we might expand our goal beyond fifty thousand. We've raised twenty thousand in two months, so we might have to push past fifty thousand. But that remains to be seen. Uh, Jen or Sam, can you put the GoFundMe link in there too, so people have it? Great. So, you know, there was this big hubbubaloo for months as states states were like bending over backwards to try and get Amazon to put their second headquarters in those states. And I guess the states felt that if they could get Amazon to open up their second headquarters, then they will get a lot of jobs and grow industry. And maybe around the Amazon headquarters, you could put hotels, you could put restaurants, entertainment complexes, all that. So that was the thought. Of course, Amazon coming in, it's not a bad thing if you could create jobs. But since when in the United States do you have to basically give our money, our money to companies like Amazon for them to grace us with their presence, to grace us with their business, which by the way, their business, all these jobs that are going to be created, this business is mostly part-time workers, a lot of seasonal workers, a lot of contract workers. The working conditions are awful. So after States prostituted themselves to try and get Amazon to come over. I mean, Detroit wanted the second Amazon headquarters. Uh, uh, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot. New Jersey wanted it. Maryland wanted it. Everybody was prostituting themselves for Amazon. It was like Jeff Bezos was the cute girl, 
uh, and you know you had to go impress her. Denise says it right, creates jobs that require food stamps. So New York City, you know, New York City, definitely in dire need of uh, a major tech company to come swooping in. Uh, New York City was, was selected as, you know, they call it its second headquarters, but they're actually going to be in two different areas. So second and third, I guess. Uh, New York City, more specifically Long Island City, which is right in Queens, um, was selected as one of the locations, and Northern Virginia, Arlington specifically, which is where all the lobbyists live. It's where all the powerful live. It's near the Pentagon. New York City and uh, Northern Virginia, Arlington, were chosen for these headquarters. Also, didn't get a lot of coverage, but Tennessee is getting a, a, I don't know what it's called, not a full headquarters, but like some building with Amazon. So how much are we, the taxpayers, paying for the Amazon and Jeff Bezos to open up shop? Because when they say they're getting tax, tax subsidies, who do you think's paying for that? They're, they're, you know, you hear all these people say, I've always said, we already live in a socialist country. It's socialism for the rich. Who do you think's paying for Trump's donors and, and the wealthy 1%'s tax cuts? Us. They're either cutting our Medicare, cutting our Medicaid, cutting our food stamps, cutting our affordable housing, cutting heating, cutting, 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 and... Sometimes there's small little increases in taxes that you don't see. Dave Awesome says socialism for the right is rich is right. Hey, I'm just keeping it real. We fund that corporate welfare. Yep, you fund it. I tell my parents this all the time. My father watches Fox News. I love him, but, you know, totally off off, off the reservation when it comes to politics. I say, Dad... These tax cuts, is this helping your jewelry store? Have you seen a tax cut? Oh, uh, well, no. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. So, <laughs> New York City and New York State, by the way, New York State has the highest income inequality of any state in the United States for reasons like this. And it just re-elected Andrew Cuomo, who's basically Hillary Clinton with a penis. Just keeping it real. So Amazon is getting $1.5 billion to come to New York. $1.5 billion. Who the hell is paying Amazon $1.5 billion to come to New York, which already has the highest income inequality in the country? Governor Cuomo, Mayor de Blasio, who claims to be a progressive, but sat together Tuesday to announce that they had emerged victorious from a nationwide competition to lure tens of thousands of Amazon jobs to New York. But the big question people are asking is, what did they offer the company in terms of tax subsidies and other benefits, and what will New York City get in return? Amazon finally gave some answers on Tuesday. Quote, Amazon will receive performance-based direct incentives of $1.525 billion based on the company creating 25,000 jobs in Long Island City, the company wrote in a blog post, formally announcing the deal, most of which comes from a state tax credit. Amazon will receive these incentives over the next decade based on the incremental jobs it creates each year. So let me actually explain how this is going to work, because the press release, that's not how it works. They're going to get most of this money whether they create the jobs or not. They're going to get most of this money whether they create the jobs or not. They're going to get most of this money whether the jobs are full-time, part-time, seasonal, contractor. They're going to get the money. Because the state and the government can always create money out of thin air 
for corporate welfare. They can't create money out of thin air for inner cities. They can't create money out of thin air for, uh, you know, food and nutritional programs, education, fixing the, fixing the roads, all those things. And speaking of, I have reached out to some folks to do interviews on MMT because technically, if you follow MMT, they can create the money. They just choose not to. So those of you who are always asking me to do things, I do a lot behind the scenes. I'm, always, I'm, I'm also trying to get an interview with the chairman of the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe. Big victory in that Keystone XL pipeline permit being revoked, but I still want to talk to him because it's a temporary victory. Uh, we got we to gotta stay on that to make sure that that pipeline permit doesn't get re reapplied. Uh, also reached out to Josh Fox today to talk about Nancy Pelosi and her committee, the committee she wants to create. He wasn't available today, but going to try and uh, speak with him this week. So we got a lot in the works here, a lot in the works. Be green. I, I agree, Zachary. Time to bring back the guillotine. Hey, let's chill out here. No guillotine. Maybe a toy guillotine, like we won't actually do it, but... Oops, sorry. So we're giving Jeff Bezos and Amazon $1.5 billion to create 25,000 jobs. Yeah, if you told me, if you told me that we were going to create 25,000 full-time jobs with vibrant benefits... Uh, with a cap on working hours, with actual breaks for lunch, with paid sick leave, with paid maternity leave at $15 an hour, 25,000 full-time jobs at $15 an hour or higher with suitable working conditions, okay, then we'd have a conversation. But that's not... That's not the case. That's not what's going to happen. That's never what happens. So New York, I mean, it's just throwing our money away. The state also offered a capital grant to the company that could total much, as much as $500 million that Amazon could use to build new offices. So that brings it to $2 billion. And it will also apply for additional incentives through existing programs available to any company, Amazon said. Tax experts said those programs for hiring workers in the bureaus outside Manhattan and for commercial development could amount to hundreds of millions of dollars. For its part, the company said it would, quote, donate space on its campus for a tech startup incubator. Oh, I love that word, incubator. Give me a break. And for use by artists and industrial businesses. Let me tell you what that tech startup incubator means. Continued march towards automation and a jobless economy. That's what a tech startup incubator means. It's a fancy word for automation and a jobless economy. It also agreed to spend $5 million on training and internship programs and to participate in, quote, job fairs and re resume workshops. Ugh. See, Amazon's saying all the right shit, but... It's not just New York, so Northern Virginia is coming down the pike. And guess what, Northern Virginia? I mean, the corruption is so transparent. They're not even hiding the corruption. Look at this statement from Amazon about the headquarters that's going to Arlington, Virginia. Given Amazon's prominence as a technological powerhouse, access to key stakeholders, including regulators, federal government clients, and think tanks in Washington, D.C. will drive significant value for the company. 
Oh my God, they are literally saying they put their headquarters right next to the White House and Congress and think tanks and K Street so they could basically bribe everyone. It's in writing. Oh, my head. Am I reading that wrong, folks? Given Amazon's prominence as a technological powerhouse, access to key stakeholders, including regulators, federal government clients, and think tanks in Washington, D.C., will drive significant value for the corruption, for the corruption, for the company. Well, why don't you just say we're going to have a major back room? Lobbyists will be there. Bankers will be there. Mafia might be there. Uh, corporations will be there. Journalists will be there. And we're going to screw you even more. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, that is literally a not-so-subtle admission that they moved there to basically be a heartbeat away from Congress, K Street, and the rest of them. Not only that, they literally, Jeff Bezos, they're building a helipad for his helicopter. The public parties recognize that the company needs access to the development sites and agree to assist assist in securing access to a helipad on the development site as part of the development plan and subject to FAA approval. Oh my God. A helipad for this man. Also, very alarming. Very alarming. The company acknowledges that this memorandum is a public record subject to disclosure under the Commonwealth's public records law laws, and that portions of certain materials, communications data, and information related to this mem memorandum may constitute public records subject to disclosure under the Commonwealth's public records laws, and agrees that VEDP and the Commonwealth will disclose this memorandum and such portions of the materials, communications, data, and information related to this memorandum as required by law, provided that VEDP and the Commonwealth accept to the disclosure of the memorandum. So David Sirota had a great tweet explaining what that means in English. It's an attack on freedom of information. And let me get up the tweet for you. So basically what that means is Amazon... Here we go. Uh, if I could find it. This guy tweets too much. Oh, here we go. This, this tweet means that Amazon wants a heads up. Governments giving corporations first crack at heading requests for public records off at the pass. Under the agreement between Amazon and Virginia... The Commonwealth will give the company written notice about any freedom of information request to allow the company to seek a protective order or other appropriate remedy. So let me explain how this works if you don't know how that works. So journalists, Jen and I, have been filing a lot of freedom of information requests, particularly for the Flint story. Journalists put in for freedom of information requests. And thank you, Christina Bent, 499. I feel smarter after my status quo group sessions. We're going to put that in a promo video. We want you to feel smarter. We want you to get activated. We want you to get righteously indignant 
Not angry, but righteous indignation is good. So, and this is a super chat. I haven't seen a lot of superness. So thank you, Christina. So they're basically Amazon. So if I put in a freedom of information request to Amazon and I want Jeff Bezos emails or other executives from the companies or I want documents or I want data or I want their or I want emails about their working conditions or I want emails about them talking about Bernie Sanders. If I want anything, as soon as I put in that freedom of information request, the freedom of information uh, department within the Virginia Commonwealth is going to give a little it's like a, a flare. A little, uh, you know, a little, what do they have that in Harry Potter? A little owl? They're going to send a little owl to Amazon. Hey, this guy's looking into this. And then Amazon is going to proactively then try to shut it down. Uh, You know what the definition of fascism is, folks? Definition of fascism is the merger between the corporate and the government. Corporate and government state merging is one. It's not just, you know horrendous genocide, but it's it's censorship and the merging of the corporate and bureaucratic state. So basically, Virginia, which, by the way, has awful freedom of information laws, Virginia is basically going to be giving a heads up to Amazon whenever anyone files a freedom of information request so Amazon could take protective action. In English, it's like the mob giving you a call. Hey, they're coming. Bury the stuff. Get, get rid of the guns. Get rid of the cocaine. Thank you, Amit Campbell, 10 bucks in the super chat. I mean, the corruption is like, you know, it, it's kind of like Trump in a way. Oh, thank you. We just got a $50 anonymous donor in the uh, GoFundMe and a $10 uh, donor, Kelly Elaine, bringing us on the GoFundMe to $20,090. $20,090. Our goal for the end of November is $25,000. It is ambitious, but I think we could get there, and we're off to a good start. Well, it's November 13th, so we have a little over half the month. Everybody, everybody who's contributed, we can't thank you enough. Uh, Jen's going to do a video to get a little more specific with you what we need the funds for. Uh, We're already showing you by getting out there in the field, and we want to do a lot more of it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Obviously, you know, Super Chat is great, too. So if you want to do GoFundMe, Super Chat, whatever floats your boat. But, I mean... The, the corruption is out of control. They're literally putting in writing that we're moving to Northern Virginia so we could have, you know, so we could play Twist. What's that game where you, uh, Twister. Twist? Twister, I think. So we could play Twister and we could go smoke cigars in back rooms with the regulators and the think tanks and the journalists. And basically, we could have the government work for us and be a heartbeat away from the government. Right there in writing. We're moving there so we could have heads ups. Could you believe that? Literally, a state government telling a corporation, we'll give you a heads up, all the freedom of information requests that come in. And you want to, you know, everybody's ranting about Jim Acosta's press pass being taken away. Now, I think CNN's Jim Acosta is pretty awful. I also think it's un-American and unconstitutional for his press pass to be taken away. But why do we only care about the visual of CNN's reporter having his press pass yanked, which, by the way, CNN sued for today. They should. I think he's bad at his job, but that doesn't mean you can't have censorship like that. You can't have Trump is not a dictator, even though he'd like to be. So they can't be yanking press passes. It's against the Constitution. But 
Isn't it also a threat to democracy when basically journalists' freedom of information requests are being passed off and you're giving, like, like Paul Revere, the British is coming, like you're giving to Amazon heads up that the journalists are coming and this is exactly what they're uh, looking into? So it gives them a heads up. Hey, make sure if there's a problem here with whatever the specific request is. Tim, aren't those for journalists? Yes, they are. The thing is, there are freedom of information requests. So if I file a freedom of information request, the state agency, uh, the state agency, it's you're, it's it's for filing information requests for government, for government. But it's basically saying if I filed a freedom of information request, let's say for the federal government's uh, communications with Amazon or Jeff Bezos or anything having to do with Amazon, but the state government is then going to give Amazon a heads up of it. Wacky. That is wacky. Again, under agreement between Amazon and Virginia, the Commonwealth will give the company written notice about any FOIA requests that have to do with Amazon to allow the company to seek a protective order or other appropriate remedy. What a protective order means is to try and basically block that information from getting out. So if Jeff Bezos has something to hide when it comes to working conditions, if Jeff Bezos has something to hide as far as lawsuits filed by his workers, if Jeff Bezos has something to hide as far as uh, accidents at the workplace, injuries, deaths, well, Amazon's going to get a heads up. If journalists are looking into that, Denise says, welcome to the United Corporations of America. Welcome. I think we're going to make a shirt. I think we're going to make a shirt about the United Corporations of America. And by the way, I did come up with that, but you're, you're welcome to steal it and, and play it off as your own. So that's it, folks. And I'm in New York. I would expect that there's going to be some protests against this factory this headquarters. So if there are, uh, I will definitely cover that here in New York. And uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez also went on a tweet storm earlier today, uh, speaking out against this for the same reasons I am. Why isn't that money going to the community for education, for infrastructure? Our priorities in this country are out of, are out of whack because we're not a country, we're a corporation. That's the truth. So, moving on. I wanted to cover this yesterday, but, I, you know, Tim Canova called in, so the schedule got a little bumped. But there was this New York Times article that's, I mean, I'm not surprised, but they are already, the media's job is not to cover the news. It's not to give power to the people. It's not to give a microphone back to the people like Status Quo is doing. It's basically to create narratives and twist public opinion to keep the status quo intact. So the New York Times headline, Democrats have two paths for 2020, daring or defensive. Can they settle on either? With Elizabeth Warren's picture. And here's the tweet for that story. Should Democrats pick a 2020 candidate who could aim for the center and pick up votes from disenfranchised Trump supporters or veer to the left with the progressive who can electrify the grassroots. The midterms haven't made the answer any clearer. Uh, no, 
I think it has made the answer clearer. Unfortunately, the New York Times doesn't like the answer, so they're changing the question. Let's share this video. Let's get this out to as many people as we can. We got uh, 169 watching on the YouTube. We got eight strong on Facebook, which is exciting. This is the first live we're doing on Status Quo's actual Facebook page. So we'll be doing more things on Status Quo's Facebook page. If you haven't, in YouTube, if you haven't liked Status Quo's Facebook page, please go do that. Facebook.com slash Status Quo. And if you haven't followed Status Quo, go do that too on Twitter at Status Quo. S-T-A-T-U-S-Q-C-O-U-P. So, basically, the New York Times opens with the premise that Trump voters, the way to get to Trump voters is to be moderate. For Democrats, the victories, near wins, and stinging losses on Tuesday have intensified a debate in the party about how to retake the White House, with moderates arguing they must find a candidate who can appeal to President Trump's supporters and historically Republican ah, suburbanites and progressives claiming they need someone with the raw authenticity to electrify the gas roots. So right there, the New York Times shows either they're intentionally lying or they're just really bad at politics and have not taken the pulse of the United States or the United Corporations of America, shall I say. So first of all, the Trump voter and I interviewed hundreds of them, maybe over a thousand during the campaign. Yes, a lot of them voted for Trump based on, you know, racism, racial fears, animus. A lot of them voted for Trump because he ran as a populist. Populist, capital P. He called for opening up those factories. He called for taking it to Goldman Sachs. He called for ending free and fair trade. He called for repealing NAFTA. Those aren't moderate positions. Those those are faux populist. Those are populist positions that he pretended to care for. He also, during the campaign, talked about everybody needs to be covered as far as health care. So this narrative that the way to attract Trump voters is to be moderate is bullshit. The way to attack Trump voters is exactly what Bernie Sanders has done. And by the way, when I was going around while I was still at the Young Turks, I've said this before and I'll say it again. When I would go out, when I would go to rallies, those those Trump voters, if I asked them if, if it's not Trump, who would you vote for? They didn't say Ted Cruz. They didn't say Bed Carson. They didn't say Carly Fiorina. They didn't say whoever else was in the circus. Bernie Sanders. Not a few, a lot. So it's just not true. It's not true. The way to attract Trump supporters is to say, hey, how's those new factories in your town? Because there aren't any. How's your, uh, how's your big raise you got? Because you don't have one. How's that one-time bonus that you got from Trump's tax, tax cut for the rich? Because you're not getting it again. How's all that ending wars around the country and building in America going? How's your, how, how's your health care? How's your universal health care that Trump promised? Your, your deductibles any lower? Your co-pays any lower? Your co-insurance any lower? 
How's saving for your, co- your kid's college? Oh, wait, your kid's college? You, you mean that, oh, can't send my kid to college? No, the way to attract Trump supporters? A lot of Trump supporters voted for him despite the, st- the, the misogyny, the sexism, the uh, racism, because they thought he was a populist coming in to make America manufacturing again, uh, you, you know, stronger for working people. I could tell you because I was at those rallies. Zoxalik says, what's a college, daddy? I don't know, son. Never heard of such a thing. Seriously. Gabriel, my Swedish supporter. Hey, Jordan, keep up the good work. Cheers from Sweden. A hundred sec. I don't know how much that is in dollars, but I still appreciate it. I want to come to Sweden. I, I really, I love Swedish fish. It's probably why I've had two cavities and have needed two root canals at $5,000 out of pocket. Love Swedish fish. But I'll read you a little bit more of this ridiculous article. But right then and there, their premise is bullshit. Moderates are not going – being a moderate is not going to get Trump supporters. Rather than clarifying which strategy – rather than clarifying which strategy to adopt for 2020, the patchwork of outcomes has only deepened the disagreements. Both wings of the party are now wielding fresh evidence from the midterm results to make their case about the best path to assemble 270 electoral votes and oust Mr. Trump from office. At the center of the dispute is Representative Beto O'Rourke of Texas, who has not even said he would consider a 2020 bid, but whose competitive campaign against Senator Cruz galvanized Democrats nationwide. The schism reflects the party's longstanding internecine tensions, which flared again this year when insurgents on the left challenged establishment-aligned candidates while voicing urgent calls for change and a more confrontational approach to the president. Hey, guess what? And I covered this yesterday. Guess what? Beto O'Rourke, I reported on him, his rhetoric doesn't exactly match his record, but he ran as a pretty progressive campaign. He lost by only two points in red Texas. There hasn't been a Democrat who won the Texas Senate in 25 years, and Beto O'Rourke lost, I think, just shy of two points, running as a progressive in Trump country. Stacey Abrams, who has had Hundreds of thousands of potential voters purged off the rolls is down by less than two points right now. And I have an update on that next. So Andrew Gillum, when he was actually running as a progressive, was up by 12 points. When he, he won the primary on Medicare for All, he was up by 12 points in mid-October he sprinted away from Medicare for All. He starts doing fundraisers with Hillary Clinton, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Michael Bloomberg. Now it looks like, unless something radical happens, he has lost. Casio Cortez, victory. Been a lot of victories on the state legislative le- uh, level. Medicare for All supporters, winning victory. Wisconsin, which voted for Trump, just bounced Scott Walker. So this notion that to get the Trump voter, you got to be moderate. No, no, no. The key to the Democrats winning in 2020 or taking out Trump, you have to have a record number of young people vote. You have to have a record number of African-Americans vote. You have to have a record number of 
Latinos vote. And you also have to pick off, I'd say, about 10 to 15 percent of Trump's base. And I think you do that by offering unabashed progressive policies, because that is what they thought. They thought they were getting progressivism. Of course, Trump didn't call it progressive policies, but repealing NAFTA is progressive. Uh, Bringing back jobs is progressive. Ending the wars around the world, progressive. Taking it to the banks, ending bailouts, progressive. This is all things that Trump supporters supported. Ending corporate cronyism, progressive. And now Medicare for All, polling 52% among Republicans. Trump's a Republican. So I'm not listening to these idiots from the New York Times. They want you to listen to them. They want the people that have always voted for the establishment Democrats to listen to them. So we could, we could elect like, you know, Kirsten Gillibrand or Cory Booker or Kamala Harris. No. No. Not happening. Progressivism, candidates that actually ran as progressives. Let me tell you something. If Beto O'Rourke would have run as a milquetoast liberal, he would have lost by 10 points in Texas. And by the way, here's a good thing. John, John Ossoff, who, run in that, who ran in that special election in Georgia, ran as a centrist. He lost last year. Stacey Abrams has gotten 5 million more votes than any other centrist Democrat who's ever run for governor in Georgia. I think, I think the number is 4.9 million more votes. She's ran fairly progressive. Not 100% progressive, but she's in Georgia, so I don't expect that. Ojeda, oh, I hear all the rage about this Ojeda running. Uh, I'm not an Ojeda guy. He's not against fracking. I like his talk, but we're in a climate crisis. It's a, it's a non-starter for me if you're not against fracking. So don't listen to the New York Times. Don't listen to CNN who's pushing this. Look at this. Already auditioning. Already auditioning for that role. We need a candidate who has the ability to mobilize the entirety of the base. People of color, millennials, and also folks in the suburbs, said Adrian Srusfire, who runs Black Pack, an African-American political organizing group. Already auditioning for that role is an eclectic group of ambitious Democrats, including three senators who appear all but certain to run. Kamala Harris of California, Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, and Cory Booker of New Jersey. Notice how Bernie Sanders, I don't even see him mentioned here. Where's Bernie? Is Bernie even mentioned in this? Oh, far down. Shocker. Far down, Bernie's mentioned. Well, here's some charts. Here's some charts for you. Bernie Sanders, popularity among Democratic Party, plus 77%. That's more popular than Obamacare. That's more popular than Planned Parenthood. That's more popular than Elizabeth Warren. Way more popular than Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. That's among Democrats. Among independents, which are the key voting bloc to win the general election. Bernie Sanders, 41%. 41% favorability rating among independents. Better than Trump at 5%. 
Warren at 3%. And they're not in this, but I would venture to think Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Kirsten Gillibrand ain't, ain't touching 41%. And by the way, even among Republicans, Bernie Sanders, less, less toxic. He's less toxic than Chuck Schumer. He's less toxic than Elizabeth Warren, Obamacare, Nancy Pelosi. And I think that minus 38 among Republicans, that could shrink in a campaign. Bernie Sanders, there's also polls that show his highest popularity of his base is actually among African-Americans. And he has made inroads with African-Americans since the election. That is one constituency that he did fairly poor. He did strong uh, African-Americans under the age of 30, not strong above 30. But he has made inroads since that election among the African-American community. So New York Times could say whatever the hell it wants. It's all bogus. It's all BS. And I'm going to keep them honest. Ooh, I don't want to borrow from Anderson Cooper. And before I wrap, I want to give you an update on what's going on in Georgia. Let me get that. Like today, uh, uh, trying to keep up with this is very difficult because there's a new thing like every hour on the hour. So last night, a judge um, ordered, last night a judge, federal judge ordered Georgia's Secretary of State to wait until Friday to certify the results of the midterm elections that include an unsettled race for governor and to take steps to protect provisional ballots. U.S. District Judge Amy Tautenberg ruled Monday that the Secretary of State must not certify the results of the election until Friday at 5 p.m. She ordered the state to establish a hotline or a website where voters could check whether, the, whether their provisional ballots were counted, and if not, if not, get a reason why. For all counties with 100 or more provisional ballots, she ordered the Secretary of State's office to order county election officials to conduct a good faith review or do an independent review. Bottom line, they got more time. Everything was supposed to be done, I believe, by today, but they got more time. So that was last night. As of this afternoon, a federal judge, a federal judge has ordered a populous Georgia county not to reject absentee ballots because the voter's birth year is missing or wrong. The order issued Tuesday by U.S. Judge Leigh May says rejecting absentee ballots solely because of a missing or incorrect birth year violates the Civil Rights Act. She ordered Gwinnett County election officials not to reject those ballots and to count any that were cast in the November 6 midterm elections. She also ordered Gwinnett County to delay certification of its election results until those ballots have been counted. So those are more potential votes for Stacey Abrams. Then at one o'clock, this was unbelievable. Democratic state lawmakers rallied Tuesday at the Georgia Capitol in support of gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams, insisting that thousands of uncounted voters would still tip the governor's race in a December 4th runoff. Senator Nakema Williams of Atlanta and fellow Democrats accused Republican Brian Kemp of bungling the election as secretary of state. And that state senator, Nakema Williams, was arrested arrested for standing with the people and protesting. Let me see if I can get that for you. Hold on. McKenna, McKenna Williams. They're arresting state senators for standing with the people, only in America or the United Corporations of America. Hold on.
thank you net neutrality for my computer being this slow, my internet being this slow. And by the way, just so you know, for Facebook people who can't see anything, we're trying to save money. We're trying to raise money. Uh, one program in particular costs a thousand dollars, and that program would help us shift to Facebook too, so you could see all the videos and articles I'm reading from. Breaking right now, counties have just. She was. Honor, she spoke to us. I'm being arrested because I refused to leave the floor of a body that I served. She was in the Capitol as part of the special legislative session and spoke out against the election earlier in the day. I was not yelling. I was not chanting. I stood peacefully next to my constituents because they wanted their voices to be heard. And now I'm being arrested. The Department of Public Justice in Georgia, right? Stand with your stand with the people who elected you. Go to jail. I've said it. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't think Stacey Abrams should concede this election. Period. Unless she is victorious, I don't think she should concede. Not because I'm don't believe in democracy, but because this wasn't an election. This was theft. I think she should file lawsuits until every single uh, voter that was purged. Off the rolls, and by Greg Palace's great reporting, that number is up to 350,000, I believe. Those voters should be able to vote. I don't care if you have to have another election. She should not concede because this wasn't a fair and democratic election. This was Brian Kemp as Secretary of State of Georgia rigging it for himself. So I got no problem saying that. She should not concede the election. And I don't really care. Until every single absentee ballot and every single provisional ballot and every single purged voter that shouldn't have been purged is counted, we don't have an actual credible result in Georgia, and we won't. And then, later in the day, hold on. Uh, there was another county where something happened, but it's not here. So there you have it. They have till Friday to count these absentee ballots. There's other lawsuits going on there. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I don't want to give you false hope. I'm not super convinced that they're going to count all these ballots because we see what happens in this country. The, it's, the people that are literally running for the offices are the ones making the decisions. And even though Brian Kemp has recused himself as Secretary of State, his people that he appointed and his, his people in that office are still making the decisions on wh what to certify and what not. Natural Progressives, $2 in the Super Chat. I did see your email uh, on the Ute, Ute Tribe lawsuit this morning. I am going to cover it. I can't cover it today, though. I, have, I need to look through it. So thanks for the email, and thanks for the super chat. Uh, Jordan, why do we allow gangs to exist? We live, we live in a fucking surveillance police state, for fuck's sake. If we wanted to, we would wipe them off the map, but I guess gang violence is important to the power structure. Yes, I agree. Uh, Ty Derp says, I think we're seeing progressives tiptoeing issue, tip to, issues until they're in power. It's a hard call, but I think as long as they're not taking money, they're more trustworthy. I agree. Tim Nichols, negotiations go easy with a baseball bat and ship breaking. I do not agree. No baseball bat. No ship breaking. Oh, boy. Tough times in this country. 
And before I end, this isn't a story as much as a public service announcement. If you've been following, the Trump administration is trying to basically shrink Bears Ears Monument, Bears Ears Monument in Utah. It is a major sacred monument for Native Americans. They are trying to shrink uh, the Porsche. They're trying to shrink it basically by 85%. So they're trying to shrink that monument by 85% and make that monument open to drilling, uranium mining, and all sorts of climate-inducing and oil-extracting and making making oil executives even more rich. This is an offensive decision by the Trump administration to basically steal from the Native Americans and steal from indigenous people. And it's been their land for many, many years. I'm putting the link in here. There is a public comments. There is a public comment period, which is ending on November 15th. Uh, the, the Bears Ears National Monument Draft environmental impact statement is open for public review. Take action by submitting a public comment. Please ask the Bureau of Land Management to halt this planning process while litigation is underway. And if true, is underway. And if they refuse, ask them to slow down and do the right thing by including Native perspectives as they write as they're writing this land plan. A great deal of intergovernmental trust was established in the creation of Bears Ears National Monument, and the entire purpose of creating the monument will be undermined if Native Americans' cultural practitioners are left out. The courts have been asked to decide whether President Trump's actions to shrink Bears Ears National Monument by 85% is legal. Yet the tribes who were not consulted prior to this action are now told to share their wisdom or risk losing everything. Again, this way of treating indigenous people is tiresome, especially given how much they know and the stakes we all face if the landscape continues to be mismanaged by officials who do not know. Please help us by submitting a letter before November 15th asking the Borough of Land Management and the USFS to halt planning and to respectfully engage tribes. Here are some ideas you might raise in your letter. And they go through, you know, a bunch of points that you could put in your letter. And please use the comment form below to submit comments. So I'm going to put it here uh, in the live chat once again. Right there. This is important, folks. Not only did they destroy a lot of the land at Standing Rock, they're doing it. They're going to Keystone, if that pipeline, if that permit that was just revoked gets reissued, which is a possibility, they are still trying to go through Native land. They are trying to mine all over Native Americans' land. That's why Native Americans have some of the highest cancer rates in the country. So we can't, cannot let the Trump administration do this, you know, going silently into the night. You got to stand up and peacefully fight back. And part of it is issuing a public comment. The more people that sign this, the more people that write this, write letters to this, the, the, the more outrage there is if they actually go through with this. So once again, putting it in there. And when we cut this video, uh, I'll put that link in there too. So I would love to stay with you, but I, may, I have a play date with my nephew, so I'm going over there. Uh, thank you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for the super chats. Let's see where we're at on the GoFundMe. Blah, 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 blah. All right. Still at 20,090. Hopefully that picks up overnight. Remember, 
This is not money for me to go to the casino. This is money so we could get in the field. We got a bunch of stories we want to go cover. Uh, we might have to go down to Georgia, but honestly, you might be looking at that 20000 thinking we have like 20000 ready to go. A lot of the money we've already raised has been put into marketing, has been put into equipment and other things that we need. So uh, we need to raise a lot more money. We appreciate everyone who's contributed. It's amazing that 307 people have contributed. I'd like to get that up to 500 people and then 1,000 people. I'd like to get that up to 50000 and possibly more. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you can't contribute, that's fine. Please share it. Let people know the kind of reporting we do. Send them the video that's in there uh, so people know what we're doing. You know, there's nobody covering Native American issues. There's very few covering water contamination issues. Everyone has deserted Flint. We have not. Uh, we want to go out there and we want to cover the gun massacres and stop normalizing that. We want to go out there and we want to covering what companies like Amazon are doing to their workers. We want to go out there and interview single mothers in Walmart parking lots. We want to go out there and cover oil companies basically hijacking our democracy, but we can't do it off of pennies. So we need your help. And remember, most people aren't lacking compassion in this country. Most people have no earthly fucking godly idea what the hell is going on.